and welcome back to the prequel at the end of the book podcast. Um, we are your hosts, Rachel, Jen, and Lydia. We're back. We're um, back. Real quick, like housekeeping slash announcement. It was revealed that Ruth Connell will be reprising her role as Rowena in uh, in next week's episode. So uh, don't I, it. I teared up. I teared up when I saw Same. that. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I love how we all called it, too. We were all like, Rowena has to be here. She'd be one of the easiest people to get on the show. Like, Well, she was one of the, and Ruthie was, like, one of the first people to respond to the initial leak by deadline in, like, June 2021. We were all like, oh, my God, Disco Rowena. And guess what we're getting? With that really bomb, like, eye makeup in that one shot. Yo, like, that's me wondered. Green is her, also, like, purple is a great color on her. Green is her color, though. It's, like, green with that red hair just looks so good. Yeah. And she, but also, yeah. that necklace mm-hmm. with, the, with the purple. Purple is, like, Rowena's color. So I'm super-duper excited for this. Yeah. You know how mad I'm going to be? I'm going to be on a plane while this airs. I'm so, I'm so mad. Anyway. <laughs> oh, right. You're flying to Texas. Yeah. I forgot. Oh, man. What a major L. Holy crap. I know. <laughs> <laughs> missing the queen to go to texas jeez uh, disgusting i know no respect <laughs> so uh this week's episode that we're gonna be talking about is called you've got a friend it was written by nicole desperito and directed by lisa soper um so for uh the synopsis uh, Lata, Carlos, and Mary are cleaning up the clubhouse in the wake of the previous episode's battle when a blood-soaked John arrives. He explains what happened with the Akrita possessing Kyle and explains that he fled the garage before the police could arrive. With the police radio chatter indicating that every cop in town is looking for John, the gang makes a plan to evacuate John and Mary to the Campbell's hunting cabin until they can find a way to clear his name. Latha and Carlos decide to look for a magical bracelet Maggie once owned that had the power to reveal secrets. While at the Campbell house, they discuss John's predicament and admit that while they believe him when he says he didn't kill Kyle, doing so doesn't seem out of character for him. Carlos finds a picture of Latha and Maggie at a concert from before her death, provoking some reminiscence from the pair. Latha suddenly remembers where Maggie might have hidden the bracelet, and they finally find their prize. Meanwhile, Betty spots John and Mary preparing to leave town and arrests John. Uh, Lata and Carlos find Maggie's bracelet, but their victory is soured when the bracelet magically latches onto Lata's wrist and can't be removed. The Campbell house goes into a magical lockdown as the outside world vanishes from beyond the windows and darkness falls around the house. Back at the clubhouse, Mary and Millie strategize. With none of Millie's neighbors having witnessed Kyle's death, they're low on options for how to prove John's innocence. Millie suggests that since the Akrita have cops on the inside, maybe they need a cop on the inside too and suggest telling Betty about the truth about what's going on. Millie, no! (laughs) Millie, no! Uh, (laughs) At the police station, John is locked in an interrogation room where a detective begins reading off a list of his previous record, trying to bait him into a response before revealing himself to be the same Akrita that killed Kyle while possessing him. He shows John a picture of Dean and tells him that the only way he's ever getting free is if he tells the Akrita everything he knows about the mystery man. Back at the Campbell house, Lada explains that the bracelet is a talisman of, is, sorry, is Erebus. Erebus. Yeah. Okay. Erebus, the god of secrets and shadows, which forces the wearer to reveal any dark secrets that they may be hiding, which is why it has latched onto her. 
Carlos expresses his disbelief that Lada would have any dark secrets, but before Lada can say anything further, he's captured by a dark spirit and whisked away to a cold, dark room. Millie brings Betty to the clubhouse and shows her the Men of Letters artifacts. Millie and Mary try to explain the supernatural goings-on they're contending with, but Betty dismisses them. She tells them that John's arraignment has been moved up to that very night before storming off. Mary says that since Millie's plan didn't work, they'll be trying hers. Lada is confronted with a vision of Maggie conjured by her own mind, who reminds her of how Lada keeping secrets and holding herself back was a source of pain for Maggie when she was alive. Okay. Uh, and that continuing to do so will only hurt more people. Lada is captured by the shadow spirit and dragged to the same room where Carlos is trapped. Finding him freezing, she lights a lamp to warm them and admits that the room they're in was part of her family home. Under interrogation by the Akrita-possessed cops, John gives multiple false aliases for the mystery man, Jeff Beck, (laughs) 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 before revealing that he knows nothing about him, but that he's surmised that if nothing of this earth can harm the Akrita, yet they're scared of the mystery man, he must not be of this earth. The Akrita retaliates that if John doesn't know anything, he's of no use to them and will be killed when they transport him to jail tonight. Meanwhile, Lata reluctantly explains to Carlos that she didn't tell the full story of how she became a pacifist. After some prompting, she reveals that she was practically raised by her family's housekeeper, Sonia. She explains that she stole some gulab jamun from a party table to share with Sonia one evening, but this enraged her father, who accused Sonia of stealing it and tried to strike her. Lata got in between them and hit him with a lamp, and the ensuing argument with her parents upset her so much she decided to leave home. Afterwards, Lata's father blamed Sonia for making her disobedient, so he locked her in her unheated quarters on the coldest night of the year, resulting in her freezing to death. Disclosing this troubling secret satisfies the bracelet's magic, releasing Carlos and Lata from their imprisonment just in time for Millie to arrive to let them know that they're planning an assault on the police station, ACAP, to break John down. Mary confronts Betty outside of the police station. The two argue aggressively over the situation, distracting Betty long enough for Carlos to lock the bracelet around her wrist. Betty sees the Akrita revealed for who they for what they are. Horrified, she gives the gang the information they need to be able to take out the Akrita-possessed cops and free John. The next morning, Betty returns the bracelet, and Mary gives her the instructions for the tattoo that will protect her from Akrita possession. Lata confides in Carlos that her parents aren't actually dead and worries that John and Mary will be upset that she's lying that she's been lying to them. Carlos reassures her that they won't think any less of her, but that if she needs more time before she's ready to share her truth with them, he'll be in her corner. John and Mary set off in her car, planning to lay low while the police are still looking for John, and decide that if they're going to get answers, they need to find the mystery man that the Akrita are so interested in. I literally Alien. Scree- every time there's a picture of him, I'm like ah! Same. So before, every time I would see a picture of Dean, like, in the recent episode, I'd, I'd think of, like, the Bigfoot, the iconic Bigfoot image. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Now, but now, of when John mentioned the he's not of this earth, immediately aliens guy, just aliens, yeah. like, straight up. You gotta find the alien man. Um, so, but first things first. Literally, kudos for Nita's performance. All um, the Emmys for Nita. Literally... Like sobbed, sobbed on the couch watching her perform that. Um, I felt it in my soul. So good, like, like 
usually when actors are faking, like, like obviously they're acting. So, but a lot of the times when they try to express that level of grief, it takes a specific kind of actor. Like, so like, yeah, sorry. Finish your thought. No, about to say like immediately, like my brain goes like Brokeback Mountain, like, like Heath Ledger specifically Mm -hmm. or Leonardo DiCaprio as icky as that man is, you know, like Mm -hmm. true like actors who can really like get in their character. Like that's what it felt like to me. Oh yeah. And like, so being able to cry on camera or on cue or whatever is like, it's a skill, but it's not necessarily the mark of like a good actor. Because no. a lot of people can do it. I think being able to Get the cry emotions. and maintain, like, consistency consistency, and stay in the character, stay in the accent that is not your native accent. Oh, that too. I always keep forgetting um, that. Like, it was just such, it was so, and it's hard to act through, like, sobs like that also and like and those were but like she used them to like drive her actions essentially you know what i'm actually gonna like also say that it was also probably because this episode was written by a woman and directed by a woman and that was like i don't know it felt like it not like this is like a feminist issue or anything, but it just, it felt more real than just a pretty girl crying. Uh, it was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. pure grief. And yeah. It was just, it wasn't like a damsel in distress kind of crying yeah. it wasn't, that we've oh, seen oh. on, we, that we've seen on the original show, you know, especially in yeah. those early seasons. Um, yeah. It was very much like a character driven, like deeply felt, um, incredibly well performed. Yeah. It was, it was guilt, like, and yeah, like really the, great the, breath work in that yeah. scene. Oh, this, saying. The story, <laughs> my actor too, voice is coming out, but <laughs> like the story, at least from like, I watched it and like, it made me sad. It didn't bring me to tears because culturally I didn't connect with it because, you know, I'm white and you then <laughs> I like, I went through like Twitter and then my friend, one of my best friends who's Indian she like messaged me and she's like, I'm fucking sobbing. And like, I, I finally like under, she's like, she's like, nobody understands. Like, unless you're Desi, like how, how, like how, how common that story is in our culture. Like, like it can happen. And it's oh, like, God. she's like, so just that layer on top of it, wow. just like adding depth to like Lata's like character. Like my friend told me, she's like, like the, when she said the coldest night of the year, I knew exactly what she meant. Like I can tell you exactly what that is. Yeah, like, I didn't even and I was that. like, geez, like it's just, just another like, it just made me so and it, like a thank you for making this. Sh- like they, they're just going beyond like diversity at this point. Like you know what I mean? Like it actually feels like yeah, we are experiencing. Like, even if we as white girls in the Northeast can't really uh, appreciate or, like, not appreciate. So but fully um, understand. Can't fully understand or connect yeah. with it because we've never been in this situation. Um, like, we, because Nita's performance was so perfect, uh, like, we could very much understand why she kept it from everyone and why she was so ashamed and... Um, you know, I feel like going no contact with your parents, regardless of any culture, is really hard. 
Um, but, you know, Lydia, with your friend kind of explaining it, you know, especially since this, this isn't 2023. Yeah, it's uh, 19... It's 1973. Well, I mean, this was even in the 60s. Lotta... Oh. Yeah, it could have been. 60s. Yeah, no, 60s. It was could have been a, in the 60s. I don't. How, has Lotta said how long she's been in Kansas at this point? I don't remember, but since it's 1972, I think we can expect that it was in the late 60s. Yeah. Um, so you know, partition era also. Yeah, and you know. then going no contact with your family like that. I don't know. It's just Nita really just did a yeah, really Yeah, Nita job. was incredible. incredible. I would love to ask her, like, where, like, she drew that, like, emotion from i can ask I don't know. her if you want that'd be great because yeah. i can't go to a con <laughs> you can it's just in new jersey i'm not fucking <laughs> going to oh my nope <laughs> um so one of the like the big themes of this part of the episode also was about you know secrets and the damage keeping them can mm-hmm. do um, which has been a huge theme in the entirety of Supernatural's lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's always interesting to see how they can really like fracture relationships. Um, like we saw it with Sam and Dean constantly in the original series. Um, we saw it with Dean and Cass in the original series. Um, and then now we have, you know, the the fact that Lata kept the secret from Maggie, who was seems like was her closest closest friend, super close friend. besties. They were um, just gal pals, <laughs> gal pals. Um, <laughs> um, but that she even kept this from Maggie, and you know Maggie didn't know what it was, but she could feel Lata holding back and like didn't know why when she was telling Lata everything. And it caused Maggie pain. And now that Maggie's gone, Lata can't, like... Like, that wasn't really Maggie back. talking to her. Yeah. Um, so. And do it. And, like, tell Maggie. So it's, like, this interesting sort of exploration yeah, of how, so. this, how the fact that she was never actually able to come clean or, like, tell Maggie about what happened kind of reverberating into her current relationships with Carlos and John and Mary. Um, and honestly, you know what, at first, so like, I'm kind of jumping around here, but um, the Lada and Maggie thinks, I'm pretty sure we're not the only ones who realize this, very queer coded. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, for for a hot second, I thought the deep secret, and this is how much um, queer writing pushback has affected our brains, I feel like, in over the course of like the last two decades. I was really expecting the deep dark secret from Lada to be that she was queer and yeah for a second yeah well, because because in any other sh- even to supernatural to some extent even though Cass's confession wasn't that shallow like like usually the deep dark secret is something queer based and so i was expecting like like this was punishment for Lada staying in the closet or something like that like i was fully expecting that but no it was something completely different and i'm happy that it was something completely different yeah um, um, but the bracelet was like, 
a means to force revelation, specifically the theme of shadows. Not to make everything about 1518, by the way, but like. But like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. everything is, about, everything is about 1518. <laughs> yeah, like shadows snatching loved ones away, perilous to Castiel's final com- confession, being taken by the empty, except this reverses that with deception being what led to Carlos being taken. And this is a good time to remind people, even though I've never really seen the receipt for it myself, that supposedly 1518 was originally called the truth. So, I don't know. I mean, not, again, not to make anything about... The truth, fucking, like, I don't know. Will set you free. free. Um, <laughs> but to, like, not... To uh, to not be quite so trite, I guess. Like, it's just the unburdening yourself of something that you've been carrying for so long and thinking that you can't share this part of yourself or, of your, or your history with anybody um, and being yeah. able to to, like I said, like unburden yourself of that and ultimately end up closer to the people who love you. Um, it's just like, so and hopefully one day Cass will get that. Yeah. <laughs> also Dean, Dean, because he never got Dean to speak history either. Yeah. Um, speaking of gay, uh, Lana and <laughs> Lana and Maggie. Listen, if they were like, I don't know what else could possibly they they could possibly be implying with like the sweet pea nickname and like I so the, my friend and the, my best friend from since two thousand and one was sitting next to me while watching that and we looked at each <laughs> other and I said Amy what would you do right now if I called you sweet pea well and she was just like we wouldn't call each other sweet pea I was like no we wouldn't and I've known you <laughs> for like over twenty years yeah <laughs> like um, we say like like well. I know sometimes people call each other like hun or like like babe, babe. or like whatever. Uh, but sweet pea, I no, I call some of my fr- I like the the like cutesiest or like closest to couple ish I get with friends is like um I, I don't even get I don't even say anything I, like that. I'm just a girl. <laughs> yeah, no, like with my with my real life like my non fandom friends, absolutely not. With my fandom friends, I I use babe a lot, but that's a lot because too, yeah. a lot of my fandom friends are British and they've just rubbed off on me because they they all use babe. We, and- put, <laughs> we put kin at the end of our names, so like I'm like Jenny Kins or whatever, and like, like that's it. But it's like a funny thing, not yeah. like yeah. a juicy thing. And just the way that, first of all, Maggie's actress looks just like Meg. So much uh, like Meg, yeah. So much like Meg. And then second of all, she was really soft-spoken. And even as, like, a sinister shadow thing, she was really soft-spoken. Sweet pea. They went to fucking Alice Cooper. So Maggie clearly is not, like... Maggie likes Cher, right? Like, and she went to his Alice Cooper concert with Lada because Lada is clearly, like, a metalhead. Yeah. And so I think that's adorable. Yeah. Um, And... But that being said, like how reliable a, narr- a narrator is Vision Maggie, given she's a manifestation of Lada's own subconscious. Um, like we can understand that like Lada had some intense feelings about Maggie and felt a lot of guilt about not being honest with her. But like how did Maggie really – I want to meet Maggie. Yeah, like, like actual – like a flashback with actual Maggie or something. Like a flashback or fuck, like even go to a different plane of existence where she's yeah. at. Like we've done that before. Let's do it. Um. um so my, I feel like s- the Sweet Pea nickname, you know, I don't know. I feel like that's a nickname 
like we just said it, right? Like I wouldn't just call, even if I was like super close with somebody, I wouldn't just call a regular friend Sweet Pea. So I don't call my husband Sweet Pea. Ah! <laughs> well, and, you know, and maybe life was different in the early 70s. Yeah, but like, house, but I don't know. I mean, it's such a new, it would be such a nuanced detail that I don't understand, like, the point is that you have to get the audience to kind of understand what's yeah. going on here. I, th- I, th- I think that the, um, so like, I feel like, yes, it's Lapa's subconscious, but I also do feel like, you know, you know there had I- to be real depth on both sides of that relationship for Lapa to feel the amount of guilt she feels. She was stressed because honest. she never got to be as open with Maggie as, as she wanted Maggie wanted and as Lada probably wanted. Yeah. Which sounds very Dean coded of her. Um, they're all coded on this show. They're all just little figments of Dean. that Meg liked on Twitter this week. Like somebody was like, like, oh, so this is just like the, I don't know. And I, I think it was like, you know, Dean coded bisexuals tweet or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they were like three, like keeping the tally of like three out of four now. And Meg liked it. <laughs> I love Meg's liking during live tweets. She just likes the most unhinged shit, and I love her for that. Um, <laughs> but like, but you know the movie? I've never seen it, but you know that movie Inside Out, where that girl has all the little mm-hmm. personalities in her brain. Like yeah. that's what this feels like. It's Dean's brain and the four. <laughs> Are the different emotions? <laughs> different emotions. They're all just yeah. different facts of Dean's brain. Yeah. <laughs> While he's, you know, <laughs> unconscious. Um, and speaking of other... So this is what I actually truly, really loved from this whole part of the episode. Lada and Carlos. Because instead mm-hmm. of Carlos getting mad at her for lying all this time about her parents for not divulging in this big, big dark secret of, of hers. He was like, fuck yeah, your parents are dead to me too. Like, whatever. Like, I'm with you. I'm in your corner. Like, even if our other friends aren't, I am. Like, she was rewarded for telling the truth. She was not punished. For keeping so, a secret. Um, yeah. And their friendship is, like, super integral to the show. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get tired of their plot. Like, it's so... It's such a, I don't know, it's just such a special relationship to see on my TV screen every week. Like, it's such a core part of, like, the dynamic and the tone of the show. And, yeah. like, like the show wouldn't be nearly as good as it is if we didn't have these two characters yeah. and also specifically these two actors playing them. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, did, like... like- the casting for like this this was another one of those weeks where I'm like damn uh, across the board casting was fucking fantastic yeah um like but like like Lada and Carlos for me like if this show was just John and Mary as great as Drake and Meg are like it's not like the beginning of Supernatural with just Sam and Dean with this new world and everything like now that we know Mm -hmm. the world like yeah like the the writers on this show and Robbie are are really making sure that we understand that an ensemble cast can be done and can be done well. And yeah. I'm really happy about and that. And also I've never seen like, I feel like I've never seen a friendship acted out so naturally. Like, yeah. like all the like, little things. Like when, like when Lotta was like, oh, I know where the bracelet is. And Cars was like, I hey, know where the bracelet is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like oh. all the little things, like just make all the difference. So and good. that's why I love it because you know that they're really close 
off camera. Yeah. And that really does. And I like that. It seemed like before the show even started filming, they seem to have all been bonding as a cast in New Orleans. And like, yeah. and I feel like you, you can feel that in like every scene with like, like any combination of them. You know, you know what wound up probably wound up happening. Jensen just all took them by the ear and was like, "Listen, it's called Supernatural Family for a reason. And <laughs> yeah, this is this is why, and we're gonna we're gonna so get done. The way you get along is gonna make or break the show. Yeah, like we yeah. can tell they. You don't understand these fans. I do. They can tell if you don't like someone. Do not eat. They can my tell raw if you like somebody too much. <laughs> what was that, Lydia? I said, "Do not eat my raw ribs out of my." <laughs> otherwise i will tell that story at every convention until the day i die like for real God. um speaking of dying uh john winchester <laughs> john winchester go to therapy challenge um so fascinating insight into john's history right with like a bunch of like a pretty sizable little file with the lawrence pd Listen, I want to um, believe that the vandalism charge was him spray painting a dick somewhere. Like, oh, it totally school. was. Totally was. Like, <laughs> that would make me so happy. Oh my god! Really quick story time um, about about not spray painting a dick, but vandalizing a dick. Our, our neighbor. <laughs> um, we live like out in the middle of nowhere, and there's like a field at the end of our like neighborhood street. My neighbor, who's my age, he literally, when he was in high school, when we had some snow, he, like, plowed a giant penis into the field. Like, <laughs> huge. Like, and it's not a story. And he's like, well, it'll go away tomorrow. Literally, it froze over. It stayed for, like, like three straight weeks. I want to believe anyone looking out of a plane at that time could see it. Like, I want to believe. I want to believe. <laughs> That John was just recorded of him. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, um, also, I just want to say, also, even though obviously never take uh, assault and disorderly conduct and vandalism charges lightly, uh, I'm going to tuck this away in the John Winchester's ADHD file a little bit. Um, <laughs> being impulsive, probably. <laughs> mood swings, you know, the whole, anyway. You, you think I forgot um, about that? No, I did not. Uh, but yeah, fascinating. So, also, like, listen, disorderly conduct, vandalism, I don't give a shit about. It was the 60s. He hopefully was protesting shit for when he did this. But, like, you know, <laughs> although, let's be real, he joined the, the Marines underage during you the joined Vietnam the Marines War. So who the, the fuck knows? You'd only become a bigger dick. But, um, happens. But, like, assault charters? Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, for real. Yeah. And it's implied also, that it's like just the tip of the iceberg, also. So like, but also just uh, this is this is a note that our writers wrote, and I want to read it out loud because I didn't think about so. it until I saw it too, and now I'm like, die, John Winchester. Anyway, <laughs> uh, big fuck John Winchester energy when we set this up alongside him telling the cops to let a teenage dean rot in jail for stealing bread. Hello, hypocrisy. Assuming uh, that uh, obviously this this John is the same John as the John that we have. I assume it is, or that he remembers. Um, but Jeffrey D. Morgan, John rot in hell. Yeah, Jeffrey D. Morgan, yeah. like you're hot, but for fuck's sake. <laughs> but soft John Winchester time. Lada's revelation that she's been continuing to help John with meditation, but that he hasn't been practicing for weeks. I get it, John. Meditation's hard. 
But also how sweet it is that Lada has been helping him. Like when it was like the whole like remember your breathing thing when he was clearly stressed, I was just like, Oh my god, my heart. No, oh my god. I was like, Oh, it's not gonna help, but it's really cute. Yeah. Oh, your heart's in the right place. I love you. You're you're sweet as fuck, but yeah. Jesus Christ. The boat has sailed for a long time. Um also Lada's, Lada and Carlos's conversation where they agree that he's innocent, but his record being used against him does make it really easy to believe that he could be guilty. Even when your friends agree you could be a total murder, murderer, it raises some major questions about your character. Um, yeah. For real. Also, let's let's like pause for a second and realize they have not known him for that long. Uh, when we really take into account like the timeline of everything, yeah. What a, do we have like a vague idea of what the t- how much time has passed on the show? I'm I'm going to presume that it has been at least a few months. Yeah. Um. And and that's still a very short amount of time. I feel like to accurately judge someone's character, especially when you just learned that he has had all these charges. Yeah. I mean, but, I I do feel like I feel like the nature of hunting. You probably like get to know people pretty quickly. Sometimes. Yeah, but like John wasn't know. a hunter, you know. Like he just like literally tripped over Mary and was like, "Hey, what's up?" And like never left her alone. <laughs> you know. But um, like, I feel like with John, especially when you think about all the things that they have seen, all the moods that they have seen from him, they know he's impulsive. They know he gets angry easily. Like, didn't Carlos literally watch him? beat that Mars or whatever. Yeah, they literally Mars. bring it up in the episode. I was watching it yeah. before we started. And Carlos literally says it's like Mars Neto all over again. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's like they obviously know that he's prone to violence. So I feel like, yeah. I, but I feel like they, I mean, they could also just be thinking, oh, well, it's just because he went to war or whatever. Well, so speaking of that, real quick, because it wasn't noted in here, but I want to bring it up. Another thing that we learned about John is that he was a prisoner of war. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, did, they yeah. just, like, dropped that in the middle of the freaking yeah, I interrogation. Like, I was like, huh? It's like, hang on. <laughs> prisoner of war during the Vietnam War uh, definitely would have done some lasting impact, especially Seriously. to a man who should not have been there to begin with. Um, yeah. Of already of a fragile state. Holy shit. You know, like, I want to learn more about that. Like, I want to know. Yeah. You know, when, when he used that, like, his experience there to kind of, like, go against the Akrita guy, um, the Akrita cop, I was like, that's cold. Like, he was so satisfied with himself that he knew how to play a cop because of his time as a prisoner of fucking war in the Vietnam War. That's disturbing. Also, real quick, I just want to say, um, I tweeted this, but I thought it was funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm so humble. But uh, that I know the detective was possessed by an Akrita. However, that actor's portrayal of a 1972 detective in fucking Kansas was spot on. Like, he couldn't 
he could not have been possessed and it would have been an accurate portrayal. Oh, I mean, also would have been an accurate portrayal for print. Plenty of cops anywhere True. now. They were worse in the 70s. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, um, I and I was not the only person in our Discord, apparently, who thought this. But one of the other thoughts I had about that Akrita possessed cop was, man, this guy is really serving some Zachariah energy. He was. He, oh was. My God. he really was. I don't know how, why we all somehow thought that i don't know if there's there's like a reason for that like in the show but maybe akria are just angels in disguise seriously that's like because like we did this was a theory we brought up at one point was that the akria are actually angels you know what honestly they might be (laughs) yeah because if we go with that betty is an angel or angel adjacent somehow theory yeah which i want to get to later um uh her seeing the Akrita possessed like that because of a bracelet and she didn't have to say any deep dark truth to get the bracelet off. I think the bracelet was implied to have like two different functions. But it's weird, right? Like you get what I'm saying? Plus also the green yeah. the green string thing came from above. Who's controlling Did it come from above? Yeah. 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 Like straight up. What straight up? And it was oh, just oh like, I thought you meant that it was light coming down onto them, not no, like, no. It was like it was just a yeah. string, like it was vertical, yeah. like completely tethered like to, these to the heavens. Yes, yeah. And she was surprisingly calm seeing them. Anyway, right? Um, um, I'm still so suspicious of Betty. It's not even funny. No, so I, we'll I, get we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Uh, we're almost well, yeah. Uh-huh. But also, um, Drake's acting in this episode was very good. The opening scene with the very tense and hunched posture and his low mumbling, even though it's a little hard to understand him, but that's what captains are for. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interrogation room where he really feels like he's channeling some sort of Jared and, and Jensen acting choices. Also um, JDM acting choices. Mm-hmm. Yes. Huge yes. JDM. I just, before I had to pause to join you guys, when I was watching the episode, that was like the last scene that I watched, basically. And like, he does this like smirk. And, like, tilts yeah. his head to the side when he's got, like, his bloody mouth. Yeah. That was also very Jared-esque. Very Jared-esque, but also it felt very JDM to me. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he learned yeah. from the Triple Js. Yeah. And another positive note, uh, John's ability to put the pieces together is really highlighted here. That's yeah. the ADHD puzzle brain. Anyway, he does, a, <laughs> he does a really great job of connecting the dots with regards to the accretive thing. And the mystery man is a threat. Yeah. Uh, alien. Uh, so, uh, dope. What does D not being of this earth means? Wrong answers only. Uh, <laughs> an alien. An alien. Aliens. <laughs> I would, um, I, I, I don't know. I you feel know. like I feel like him not being of this earth just makes my brain go a little crazy thinking about the actual possibilities that I don't yeah. can't, can't waste time on the wrong answers only. I don't have the energy to be funny about it. I want to be like, what does this mean about it? What does it mean? <laughs> but like, but like for real, like is this our Dean visiting the wrong reality? Does not of this earth means he's just from heaven? Is he being possessed by Cass or some other angel? Um, I just want to say also for the record, I was always, one of the things that I don't get disappointed by, uh, main supernatural often. Cause I just kind of go with the flow of whatever they give me, but they never gave me like a true Dean possessed by cast storyline. So I'd be down for that. 
<laughs> really down for that consensual possession. That's um, how Cass finds out that Dean loves him too, actually. Uh, I think I read that fic like 80 times. So many times. <laughs> Um, I, I think I think people even wrote it for the Michael episode where Cass and Sam kind of go into Dean's brain and find him at that bar, and people wrote pre-code fix for it to to speculate that that's how Cass was going to find it out. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, no, but for real, I still think the first draft theory works. Yeah, um, even more so with that. <laughs> I swear to God, if that's what this ends up being, no one is ever going to hear the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> um. I just want to know, like, what is, what is he doing? Literally. Where is he? What is he doing? I have, so now that when we were talking about how, like, revisiting our, like, the Akrita are actually angels theory, I'm like, I feel like that's an argument for this all being in the empty yeah. Right? So, like, they could be, I, like, angels and demons. And like, I like the idea that I, I feel like, so I like I the know. empty theory a lot. Yeah. I'm, like, I into like this it, now. I like if we can blend the first draft theory and the empty. Like, the empty is Chuck's trash can, and that's where all of his drafts go to die. And yeah. Dean is stumbling across them. Ooh, that's, um, that's fun. Oh, that's, that's good. Fun. I like that. I like that. Because for the millionth like time, if you're new to listening, you, uh, I'm a big Chuck One theorist, and I am convinced. No way! This is brand new information. Listen, there might be a new listener. Um, I'm very convinced that Dean is not in heaven and is in fact in the empty. So, but I also like Lydia's first draft theory. So my brain is trying to combine them. Um, yeah. But um, I like this idea that the Akrita are like mutated angels. Um, right. We know that they can get mutated uh, because death said so. Um, um, but we don't know what their form looks like mutated, just what their vessel looks like. So, yeah. Um, actually, this we can talk not since we're talking about this and like the fact that like maybe you create our angels bringing up a point that our writers wanted to bring up, but weren't sure if it would fit in this episode anywhere and now it does magically um is the differences between how like angels and demon possession works versus akrita possession because like oh yeah akrita possess like the angel and demon possession it's like the actual possessor going into the possessee yeah whereas with the akrita it kind of feels like it's like a remote control like device for them sort of because like, like, like it's this they use the stingers and then you don't actually see anything happen when they no longer possess the person it's just they like collapse. you know what it feels and, like yeah it's like more like of a mental takeover than a physical one in some it ways it feels like the leviathan thing but the person lives like that's what yeah. it feels like because the leviathan would take on this like personality of the person all this kind of stuff like like they would still be the person like angels would dress differently demons were just unhinged um akrita feels like i think what, what did the writer say like parasitic that's what yeah it feels like. like a little bit parasitic yes like like Which angels angels and demons they also will keep their hosts alive um like 
they're kind yeah. of awake. Like every time they're not possessed, a person, if they're still alive, will say like, I kind of remember a little bit of it. Um, yeah. We don't know if the Akrita can separate themselves from the person, if that makes sense. Um, I just looked yeah. up a picture of an Akrita and I compared it to a picture of a biblically accurate angel. And I'm not saying that they look alike, <laughs> but <laughs> I could see where inspiration could have been drawn. Interesting. I, I want to know which one of them is Michael. <laughs> which one of the spider alien angel things are Michael. Um, um, but, but like for real, it's, it, it is interesting that we've never heard of these creatures before in the entirety of Supernatural. And now they're suddenly here. Um... In a world where canon things from the main show are not being followed. So if it is a first draft and yeah. these angels are real in the empty. Wait, no, I just had a brain fart. I had it and then it like went away. God damn it. It happens to all of us. God, me I'm so especially. Fuck. You're not high for once, Jen? No. I, Ugh, I'm I, so sorry. <laughs> I didn't because I had uh, to do my budget today. Uh, oh, so yeah. I you don't to... want to be high for that. <laughs> no, I needed to be ourselves. Um, but I still feel like a first draft and they're all in the empty. I, and think, Dean's... I think these things can coexist, you know? I think they can coexist as well. Um, Did we ever – sorry, I'm just, like, still looking. I just, like, typed in, like, Akrita, the Winchesters, right, on Google Images. And now this poster is bringing – is coming up the poster of like of John and Mary in the ha- in the heart hands. Yeah, and now I'm like, did we ever figure out who? No. So no. no so it's... remember the episode. Um, I think it was the, I think it was episode seven, the mid season finale, where they like did the um, reveal of the underground, where they're all digging down there. Oh yeah, and remember the hand and like she's dating. Oh, and they were all and black. And the nails and were were long and freaky. I'm pretty sure that's what the hands uh, are. Yeah. Okay. Because I had that moment watching it. I was like, oh my god, the poster. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, just real quick about the queen. Um, Drake, at, I guess at Jib today, it was misreported that he said that Crowley would be there, but I guess it was Crowley Easter eggs, which people were like, yeah, it makes sense with Rowena. But I'm just kind of like, how dope would it be? If Crowley was the queen of the Rocrita, just popped out of the ground. Obviously, that's not what his vessel looked like. Um, but we don't know when he got his vessel. Therefore, what if Crowley is just queen of the Akrita? Anyway, um, um, I miss Crowley a lot. There anyway. was, I don't know. I think there were some like interesting follows on social media of somebody who might be playing Maybe oh yeah, and and people are and these folks were speculating that Deanna might be the Akrita queen, which we yeah we've and we've talked about that before also. But um, in that case, it's like was she underground for the two months that she's been separated from like Samuel? Like, did someone bury her? Who buried her? Yeah, um, why is she so in the ground? Deanna it could just be that Deanna's gonna like show up at some point. I do find it suspicious we have not heard from her. No, it's very, all. it's clearly at this point it's like very pointed that Deanna is not here. And we don't like not even this. a fake phone call, not even just yeah. like, hey, you good? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like it's fine. a very conspicuous absence, I feel like. She point. is the Akrita queen. Yeah. Although, I, did we, did I say, I think we said this last week, but I think 
Deanna or Josie are both solid options for the. And so, if it's Josie, then something truly is fucked up because Josie should not be there in the seventies. Yeah, she completely skipped the seventies. Yeah, so I'm I I would I don't know I just because like I know that like I don't know it could be it's a thought, but no, but I like it because then that would be like wait a second like anytime yeah. you thought something was wrong when you just kind of like push it aside while watching the show and then you see her you can't you're do it now like- so like either and so that's one of the other things that like the not of this earth thing that people are talking about because some people are taking it as proof that this is like an alternate universe and i'm not necessarily taking it as proof of that because we have other planes of existence in this universe it doesn't necessarily have to mean not you know our you know, our SPN prime timeline. Um, yeah. But I also still enjoy my, like my theory about potentially it being like another universe, but it's still our John and Mary, or like, it's like universes like, sort of blending because of the Akrita kind of. Well, also, you know what I'm also thinking um, of in terms of the empty is that the empty hated it when things were awake. Mm-hmm. Like, it fu- and the last we left off, and I know people are kind of just like, well, it probably quieted down since then, but we have no proof it did. The last time we left off with the empty, everything was a fucking awake. Everything was awake. We yeah. have no idea what's going on in there. Yeah. So it wouldn't shock me if, um, you know, if this is a first draft, if the Akrita were some random fucking monster Chuck thought up of fun. Jack woke it up when he mm-hmm. exploded like a maniac in the empty. Uh, and um, Dean might be a threat because he's going through all these drafts or AU worlds that also wound up in the empty somehow um, and is waking things up. And they're not happy about that. Yeah. I don't know. It's a thought. We still don't know who John may have talked to in the few minutes he was technically dead in the other episode. I, yeah, which I still am banking on getting a flashback to that. I, I like he's talking to Billy and I I know it wouldn't have I been would Billy. Lula, I don't care. Well, I mean she'd still be a reaper. She would be a reaper, but also if she's death, then that means we really are in our timeline and they are in the empty because she was last taken to the empty alive. So Ooh, that would be such a good way to connect everything. That's yeah. why I love this one. I listen, if Lisa, also listen, if Lisa Barry, Barry shows up on this show and Billy gets her fucking, their fucking redemption, I will be so thrilled because, listen, Billy's ending is one of the things that I am, like, most bitter about. So I'm just convinced um, that, that, that like, Billy was, was, like, just um, bamboozled by Chuck, like, yeah, which is, like, just so like, stupid because, like, Billy is literally death and, like, just, like, such a great foil character for the Winchesters without being, like, an enemy necessarily. And, like, the fact I- that they did that to her, to the character and, like, to, like, and I know that like- they probably had to change some stuff even prior to COVID because Lisa Berry was pregnant, but, like... No, but, like, see, just, Chuck had to get mm. death off the chessboard because she was the only one who could get him. Therefore, it's, like, yeah. I want in the any continuation for her to get back at him because, in my opinion, she was played. So 
Yeah. I want John they get, to they, I mean, also, to like, literally in the promo, sorry, we're totally talking about not yeah, sorry. the show. But, like, I, I just I have to say this because just, like, uh, I want to, like, kill something on behalf of Billy. Um, uh, but the promo for, I think, the episode where Billy talks to Dean about Jack and the, the plan that they have for Jack. They used that scene from um, season five where Julian Riching's death is like, one day I'll reap God. And like, well, yeah. in the promo. And I'm like, if if they hadn't initially been intending on Billy planning to reap God, I don't know why, Like and like succeeding, I don't know why they would use that as part of the promo. That's why I think, I don't and think I'm just really mad, sense. and I'm just really mad that we didn't get to see it and that they did Billy so dirty like that, especially that just like as like one of the few regular black characters on the original show that they did well, yeah. that like made, made death into like a villain villain in like the last second to like, I don't know. It just well, so pisses first of me all, off. And so I need Billy to come back and I need them to fix Billy's ending. <laughs> Billy's pursuit of Dean right now, as we're talking about it very much reminds me now of the Akrita's pursuit of Dean. Um, yeah, a little bit. So it, it would be actually really funny if the Akrita were somehow some manifestation of Billy just trying to get to Dean to just be like, hey, listen, mister, I understand what's going on now. I was played. You were played. This isn't over. Let's, let's go to work. Um, but yeah, no, it's my theory that Billy was played by Chuck and yeah. he had to get her off the board and Cass had a really great way of doing that and all that kind of shit. Yeah. But anyway, back to the episode. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> speaking of Chuck. This is the episode where everyone says a cab. Yeah. Listen. Um, okay. Listen. When Millie said like, maybe like, maybe we could use a cop on the inside. I was like, Millie, that's literally the worst fucking idea I've ever heard in my life. You cannot fucking trust Betty, the cop. This is how you know that Millie uh, is that like middle-aged white lady in, in Kansas and doesn't understand that no you can't trust cops <laughs> like yeah literally like, um mary clearly does because uh you know mary's a hunter and like has encountered cops doing jack shit and like being the worst frequently i'm sure but you know um i think i think distrusting cops just comes with the territory of being a hunter oh, yeah and millie's not a hunter so yeah um i think like you know it was like on the whole, it was a pretty, like, yeah, cops are shitty episode. Yeah. We could have gone a little further because, like, you know, Betty did ultimately, with the bracelet, like, change her mind at the end of the day and, like, become Listen, their inside it's still guy. The it's, still um, it's still the CW. It's not like I, like, really expect many shows that I watch like this to really be fully, like, a cab or abolitionist or anything. I really don't. But it's, it's, you know, one of those things where, you know, uh, we, we were hoping that like, we wouldn't, we'd be able to dodge sort of the sympathetic, good cop, like female sympathetic, good cop, because Supernatural did that as well with Jody and Donna. And it's like, yeah. but you also had Jody and Donna pushing back against other cops. So yeah, I mean, at so, times, I mean, you know, but like they still, and it's not me like saying, oh, like Jody and Donna suck or whatever. I'm just like, it's just one of those things that like, it makes it 
a little more palatable. And I don't, I don't that's feel the like, reason why it's like. I feel like they actually were pretty critical of cops on the main Supernatural show. Like the first few seasons. Yeah. But then there are also moments where it's like, oh, yikes. That was like. Well, yeah, because it it is still on a network. And and it's also still, you know, very, like, sort of white perspective um, on it as well. Well, yeah, everyone cares. You know, you know. But, like, when they fucking, when I'm so sorry, I will never, much like I will never get over Fresh Blood, I will never get over the end of Hunted when Sam literally calls, like, SWAT, the SWAT team on Gordon. But 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 then you also have a cop getting pulled to the depths of a lake because he killed a kid. Yeah. And so it's you like, also have another yeah. cop in Yellow Fever who dies because he killed a guy. And then you have the cops at the beginning of season six that died because they framed a black kid, you know? So it's like, it feels like it depends. It Yeah. Um, it's the, that's basically the point is that like the show has a messy track record with how they depict cops. Like sometimes it's pretty critical other times you have like, you know, the nice female cop who's their friend who like kind of softens it and sanitizes it a little bit. So it's like we were kind of hoping we wouldn't be getting that with Betty just because, you know, most of us but are, you know, in this, you know. If Betty's an angel, I want her to be a cop because what are angels if not the cops of the cosmos, really? Yeah, no, seriously. So that's why I th- I, f- I feel like maybe that's why we still don't trust her, you know? Because she's um, a cop? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but for no real. literally. No, literally. For that's real. why. Um, I, but, like, even with this, you know, uh, this sort of the, the last minute flip with Betty, um, it was still nice to have that moment, you know, that we already talked about with um, even after she was like giving hard, given hard evidence, um, uh, you know, she didn't, she yeah. refused to believe them until, you know, she had to be magically induced to believe them, you know, at least she should like, be grateful that her family member didn't have to die by a zombie, yeah. uh, before she um, believed. So it, it, they really like for it, the, the show, I feel like, like it was very much like a forcing of her hand rather than like like oh she made the choice herself to like yeah. leave them you know and she then you know was distracted until they could get the bracelet on her it's not like yeah she had an experience they forced the her to experience yeah. it mary decked her in the face before uh <laughs> before she even By changed way, her mind too so uh <laughs> when <laughs> i said this in the discord server and i'm gonna say it here so uh I already know my whole John is ADHD thing. Um, Dean is ADHD. Mary saying that those were real body, just not those are real body parts. Those aren't like, props. <laughs> those aren't props. Yeah, I'm like, I think Mary's autistic. Oh you know? no, like, yeah. Like you said like, it, and I was like, Mary's autistic. That's it. She's autistic. And I think <laughs> I think that also will in turn also explain Sam a little bit. So like, like the yeah. Campbell side. Like, you got a whole family of neurodivergency, and that's probably the only way you can really become a hunter in the first place, because you need that hyperfixation and the stimulant and the stimulant. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, the autistic side of the family, the Campbells, have the library. They have all the knowledge. They're very good at, like, analyzing it all and just, like, The ADHD side of the family are the ones who work with their hands 
and like, yeah, the notice ones that, patterns. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you, you have the, the blending of the neurodivergent yeah. families. And so, yeah, so that's my new thing going forward. I've been mm-hmm. watching as John having ADHD. Um, now we're going to, we're printing some stickers to bring to the convention. Uh, and I'll save, I'll save a couple for you, but one of the ones we're going to do are <laughs> ADHD, John handshake emoji, autistic Mary. So, yes yeah yes i'm gonna treasure that sticker for the rest of my life uh because that's that's how i'm viewing things right now yeah. um anyway also, by the way if betty is human it's not too late to quit your job betty um you're still young betty you're still young betty also millie once again giving terrible advice millie i love you you're so hot you give awful advice yeah awful you're advice. She's got the spirit. Uh, She's got the spirit, maybe. <laughs> also, Carl's all drugs should be legalized is everything. And we love that he gets to be the certified puncher of people. That's what I said. I literally turned to my friend. I was like, Carlos? He's like, the designated puncher. But, like, you know, yeah. he has, like, amazing outfits, the hair, the everything. And in any other, like, stereotypical, like, fashion especially for the queer character he'd be a stereotype and he would not he decks people unconscious so hard and i'm like what okay that moment too was a great little parallel to Folsom prison blues yes yeah punch and then to black immediately which is one of my favorite episodes. Um, one of my fa- if you want to watch an ACAB abolitionist episode, watch fucking Folsom Prison, Prison Blues. Sam what a great episode. Thank you, John Scheiben. Except, yeah, Sam Bootlicker Winchester. Fucking. We love you, Sam, but God. Like, how does that leather taste, man? He would have been a DA. Fucking. He totally would have been a DA. <laughs> he would not have been a defense attorney. He no, would have been a definitely attorney. not. But um, I love, I love. Uh, Carlos's little like the the reminders here and there like Carlos just wants to be like on a pot farm in Arizona like mm-hmm. his own little pot farm in Arizona just living his life in the sun no yep. cold anywhere yep and I'm like dude same yeah that's all I want um, um we can go we can go back to Betty in terms of like the angel yeah so like you want yeah I'm um I'm still convinced that there's something more going on. Same. So again, because like I'm keeping track of this now, right? So mm-hmm. the very last scene with Betty where she and Mary are like bonding, I guess, at the end before uh, Mary and John drive off. Um, her hair is down again. And mm-hmm. it, it's another scene with Betty, with Betty's hair down, not in the cop uniform, that ultimately pushes John and Mary closer together again. Yeah. Like, even she literally just sends them on their way. Yeah. And so that's why I'm still just like, there is something not quite right here. And again, I just cannot. Why would they have her paint a painting of San Miguel if she didn't have something to do with angels? Listen. It's I just—it's just, too convenient. It's too convenient. To just have your ex, right? That you were almost going to marry impulsively because yeah. you have ADHD. Um, and 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 I don't know. She because she doesn't feel like Jody or Donna in terms of a helpful cop or like no. Hendrickson in terms of a helpful cop. Like no, she feels 
still not sinister, but she very much is not telling the entire story. Yeah. And when I saw that, how the Akrita are being controlled, like, like the, the Akrita are controlling these people, almost like marionettes, like the, sh- like the beam of light is going vertical into them. My first thought was like, who the fuck is above them doing a little string dance? Like, I get that something could be beamed up over and down, but like, I still feel like something's coming from above. So like, that, okay, so that's where our confusion was before. I definitely thought it felt like it seemed like light coming up and out of them and then going upwards, but it still like goes upwards. But even then, yeah, regardless, it's still vertical, whether it's coming down into them or them going out, like it's still, someone is controlling the strings. They're on strings. Yeah. So, and she saw that and she was surprisingly okay with seeing that. Uh, Uh, I mean, to be fair, it was a moment where she like had to act fast, but like, I know, but still like, (laughs) I get that in a show with limited time, like yeah. actors can only do so much but again i still like if if an episode again didn't once again end with her saying bye to john as he went off with mary yeah um to go find their alien son um <laughs> i feel like i don't know betty it's not because she's a cop. I mean, it's a little bit because she's a cop. It's definitely but, partially because she's a cop. I just don't trust cops in real life on TV shows. Like, well, same, but also again, even on the procedurals me, I watch, I'm like, I don't actually trust you. But it's also just because, again, in Supernatural, like you can, like angels are the cops of the cosmos. Yeah, you know. So to me, Betty being a cop is pretty symbolic. It's not her being helpful. She has not helped them no, at all. Yeah, as a cop. barely. So. And she's not going to help them as a yeah. So to me, it's just between the San Miguel and the cop uniform and what angels symbolize. I don't know if she's just and a what Cupid. Happens I don't know with John and Mary after scenes with Betty. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I'm just. Um, I'm still just very suspicious. Maybe Betty's the Akrita queen. <laughs> Even though that makes literally no, no sense. sense. No um, sense. I, and I know that some people were like, well, that she got the bracelet put on her and like nothing happened to her. And I'm like, point. However, maybe she's just super like, open about her life. <laughs> maybe she's just super open about her life. Maybe she doesn't know that she's possessed. Maybe it's like an intermittent possession thing. Like, Well, that's what I, I was know. wondering. I was wondering if it is an intermittent, uh, intermittent possession thing. And I wonder yeah. if when her hair is down, that is just, her, yeah. Because the hair down is such a stark contrast from how she comes across as a cop, and like again, every time after we see her with her hair down, something happens with John and Mary. Well, I, I'm specifically like, thinking of that scene where she kind of like manipulates Millie in the garage. Yeah. And her hair's down. She's in the dress, and then she's back in her cop uniform. Yeah, it exactly. Feels, so it feels like I don't know. Like maybe she's got a body angels, snatcher like, nice. or something. I don't know. Maybe there are two Bettys. <laughs> it's her evil twin. Her evil twin. <laughs> Catch, need, wishes. A- Catch wishes. Catch yeah, wishes. It's it's Betty and damn it. There's no Letty. No that what was Betty, that? Betty and Letty. Letty. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Betty and Letty. <laughs> Letty's the evil one, obviously. Uh. But yeah, no, I'm still not off the Betty is in I'm not fact either. connected I'm not to either. the cosmos somehow train. Um, um, yeah. Any other like 
predictions, theories? Oh, for the last two episodes? Like the last couple first, episodes. Um, my prediction is that Rowena is in charge of this creepy clown circus because she's trying to get her mega coven going. Yes. Um, yes. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> well, I was trying to wonder what her makeup and her outfit was all about because that seems a little much even for the 70s. Yeah. Um, but it would make sense if she was a circus performer. And someone yeah. uh, mentioned that maybe it was a little low for her. But it's like, well, first of all, maybe she's on the run for something. Second of all, mega coven. Also, if it's an excuse to have Ruth, like, show off her dance background, I would yes! fucking love that. Um, also, I'm nervous about her standing next to the demon bonsai tree and Ada looking. First of all, I'm just happy that Ada's back. I have missed I'm, Ada. I've missed Ada so much. I'm so happy she's going to be back. I'm so glad we're going to get to see some, like, witchy times with her and Rowena. Ada would have been able to um, stop Millie from giving bad fucking advice. Literally. <laughs> Ada would have been like, girl. Ada would have been like, what are you, a moron? <laughs> like, like I got a crush on you, but Jesus Christ, Jesus. you got to have more brain cells. Uh, um, <laughs> I need I need my my sapphic Ada vibes back, please. Um, um, yeah, it would actually be kind of cool if Rowena was also like trying to recruit Ada for some kind of a. Maybe they are in a maybe, coven together. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. That would I be would like amazing. That. that would be amazing. Or like maybe Ada like left the coven and and Rowena was like, oh, I remember you because Rowena yeah. holds a grudge forever. Or maybe. Maybe Ada wants to join the coven because yeah. that episode where where she dra- trapped the demon in the bonsai, right? Yeah, yeah. The demon was like, "You want to be a witch," and like tried to taunt her with it. Remember? And at this point, if this is our Rowena, yeah, if like somehow we're still in this in the right, which I don't think we are. But regardless, if this isn't our Rowena, somehow time traveling or whatever, um. She's not, she, she hasn't had the Winchester character development treatment yet. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how she's acting. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I, sorry, I've been dead silent. I've been cooking, but I, th- I think that I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm scared to get my hopes up after expecting a live girl Dean and getting anti-Semitism. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that this is just going to be like, 70s Rowena and I think that her and Ada know each other through the the witchy things they do and I feel like she's just gonna show up as a guest appearance and just do some spells with Ada and then leave by spells and witchy things you mean like lesbian sex right sorry anyway. yeah yeah uh, of course yeah <laughs> um why are you apologizing like- Jen is that not what we're about here <laughs> I, actually, I, think I, I think I like made a joke that Rowena was uh, um, Roxy's like ex girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that either. No. All the redheads assemble. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the transitive property that would mean Roxy and Charlie also fucked. <laughs> good. Good. We just need to get Abaddon in on this. I'm not even Abaddon. Just Josie. Josie. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, well, no, because I guess Anil wasn't, like, like a lot, like, possessing that vessel at the time. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. Go back in time. We need all the redheads. <laughs> all of the redheads assemble. Um, but, yeah, no. I mean, I'm more or less with you, Lydia. Like, I don't think it's – but at the same time, 
it's, I wouldn't be shocked if she did come back for in season two or or had bigger implications. Only because I I'm I still think Gabriel is also going to have some bigger implications because yeah. they didn't kill him; they just trapped him. Yeah. Um, well, um, I'm sorry, quote unquote, trapped him. Um, yeah. So, and um, Chuck was on stage, so it's like we haven't forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, Rob, I have not forgotten about that shit at all. Um, um, I do wonder, just because, like, it is the second to last episode of the season next week, and Rowena is there. So, like, it could be that Rowena starts as, like, part of the monster of the week thing, and then gets roped into the bigger plot somehow. You never they know. They do that a lot on the main show, too. Yeah. Um, um, like those one once a week characters comes back forever cast. So it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it would, but obviously I don't think it would have, I don't think it could be our Rowena because, well, then again, first of all, we don't know what happened to her in the main show. Like she was just queen of hell and then we never saw her again. Um, but also she never made any indications in our timeline that she knew who Mary was. Um, then again, she wouldn't be meeting Mary and John. Well, maybe they, she would be. They're all at the circus together. I, I, I no, I don't know. I think it's just Carlos and Lapta that are supposed to be at the circus, but I'm not positive. I thought John, I thought Drake was on set, like, with the circus tents and shit. Yeah, maybe. And he had, like, he had ink stubble. All there. He, he had on-the-road stubble on his face. Okay. Um, oh, I think, oh, also, when this was announced, when this news about Rowena was dropped, um... I just remembered JoJo's immediate answer of characters you would want to work with on the show. And immediately they said Rowena and Castiel. And now I'm yeah. like clowning about Castiel. <laughs> so, oh, look at the smile on Lydia's face. I know. Like, <laughs> it's like, I just keep thinking that like, we don't know if there's going to be a season two, right? We there's no Not way. yet. Not so, yet. They're like, better I just, be. I'm not I ready to say goodbye to any of these characters yet. Like, if we have two episodes left for them to, for the, if this is the only season and they know it's the only season, I hope it's not. But I'm just saying, if it is and they know that it is, yeah, They've, they have two episodes left to, to, for, for to to make Jensen and Misha kiss on the mouth. So, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think gonna like stop until that happens. Like the man's growing more and more unhinged. Thankfully, have you uh, listened to the new radio company album? <laughs> oh my god. Um, but no. But for real, like I'm. I'm someone who doesn't want cast to show up unless it is like under specific circumstances. I agree However, with you on that. But then also I think about Cass showing up and I'm like, you know, if Cass actually does show up, I know I would not give a shit, actually. But if you're in the empty, it would make sense for him to show up yes, because exactly. he is in the empty and he is alive yes. and awake in the empty. So yes. um, Jen is like, I only want Cass to show up if if we get proven Chuck one. Well, because, right? because but that, that's what I'm saying. That is the only way. Any of this makes any fucking sense. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Only way. Exactly. (laughs) I don't want a fake cast. I don't want Ding to ever look at Cass and be like, are you real or are you not real? Therefore, I need Cass to only be there if it's really him. Yeah. And it makes sense. Otherwise, I'm going to scream. Uh, That is a threat, (laughs) Robbie Thompson. I'm just saying. It is a threat, Uh, Jensen Ackles. (laughs) And yes, him too. All of you. 
Um, however, I do think that Rowena will have a bigger role, but it may not be realized until season two. I think season two is happening. Um, I'm crossing my fingers for a move to HBO Max. That too. I want oh. season two and it to be on HBO yeah. Max. Um, please. Also, by the way, WB or CW, whoever the fuck I have to bribe, can you please put Supernatural on HBO Max so I can cancel my fucking Netflix? So it's like $21 now. I'm sick and tired of it. And I'm not paying for a box set. So um, I kind of want a box set just because I want the original season one music. Well, me too. I have never watched season one of the original music. Um, um, I paid for the box set. Which, oh my God. Oh my God. I got, um, that reminds me because I got... Who was it? Who was it? It might have been somebody in the Discord, actually, in the podcast listener channel. But in the original music of season one, um, Can't Find My Way Home, that was playing in episode seven of the Winchesters, Yeah, was playing when Dean said goodbye to Cassie in Route 666. <gasps> yeah. I yeah. guess they remember the original music from the first season. Yeah. Um, I've never watched it with the original music, yeah. but like to Lydia's point, then, I might as well buy the box set at this point because it's like for the $20 I've been paying for Netflix, I might, yeah. I could afford a box set at this point. I literally only bought the box set when I started gift making because I'm stupid. And I was like, how else are people getting these episodes without owning the physical copy? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, now I know I didn't have to spend 300 fucking dollars on a box set. A pirate's like, life for ye like hello uh no but i mean i don't make gifts but like i've at this point with netflix the only reason why i have netflix is just to watch supernatural and i watch a lot of stuff on netflix unfortunately so like i don't know if i used to be getting rid of it anytime soon but i keep canceling the shows that i care about so i'm just like fuck new, it new, unfortunately you know, new girl is on there so um i so i watch i i was watching you the other day and I didn't know that Sarah Gamble wrote it and her name popped up. And I said, yeah, we oh, talked about this so many times in the server. <laughs> I don't, I'm not there all the time, Rachel. We talk a lot. We okay? talk a lot. We talk a lot. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you is the kind of like dystopian psychological something rather that Sarah Gamble seems to be attracted to. So, yeah. um, but no, I used to watch a lot of, like, the only things I would watch really on, on Netflix were documentaries, Supernatural, and The West Wing. The West Wing went to HBO Max. I don't really care about Netflix anymore. And at this point, I'm just not watching season one of Supernatural with the original music out of spite. But, like, I might as well just, like, two years of Netflix can probably buy me the box set off of eBay. So it's like, I might as well yeah, just there, buy it. Yeah, I, I was searching a, a few days ago, and there were some that were not actually crazily priced. I'm just lazy. I don't want to have to change the fucking disc. Like I, need to, just, I would need to make sure that I can actually play like DVDs here. I don't even know if my DVD player still works, to be quite honest with you. Um, but anyway, anyway that's, quite that's quite a digression. That's quite a digression. Put it on Friday. HBO Max been, anyway. I've been awake since 3.30 in the morning. I'm tired. Um, but yeah. But overall, I guess like this episode felt like a, like, you know, the return to form for the show. After the mis mixed bag, I said missed bag, but it's like the same. Also one. missed bag, yeah. Also missed bag. Um, of the last which, one. Which, again, statistically will happen. With statistically will happen. Just hopefully the next time it's a meh episode, it doesn't serve up quite so much anti-Semitism. 
Okay, so overall, I already said this part. So uh, we kind of went over our predictions. I don't know what's going to happen in the finale. At this point, I'm expecting anything. Um, I'm not expecting anything. I want to be surprised. <laughs> well, yeah, it is yeah. going to be the epitome of go with the flow. Yeah, we literally. just know that we are finally going to see Dean, hopefully, alive. Hopefully. I'm wondering if we see them next week. If we see That's him true. Next week. I wonder if they're going to end the episode with him. It's entirely possible because I know that the synopsis for the finale had something about like John and Mary re- reunite and it's awkward or whatever. And we were like, why is it awkward? And I'm like, I it's about their son. <laughs> She's going to be like, ew, what? I pushed that out of me? What the fuck? <laughs> like, I, I, maybe she just didn't like John's angst double. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe maybe that's the cause of contention. Maybe that's what breaks true love is that he won't shave. <laughs> like some smooth around um, the face. But yeah. Um, um, so yeah, by the time this episode airs, we'll be a day out from this second to last episode. No, no, say um, it, say it, say it, say the word. Oh, okay. So by the time this episode airs, we'll be one day out from the penultimate episode of season one. Who says penultimate? Um, I I mean I I've said it before. No, it's a Sam it's a series of unfortunate events. It's um, from it's it, Sam said that he was like, "Who says penultimate?" And so every time I see that really? word, oh, yeah, I don't remember that. Anyway, I don't remember what episode um, it was in, but someone will remember that. So after Tears of a Clown airs tomorrow, uh, please feel free to drop us a line at any of our socials and tell us your predictions for the finale if you have thoughts or guesses or wants. There's nothing to unhinge. There's nothing, nothing to unhinge. Yeah. Share them with us. We Let your boobies fly free. Let, um, let everything out. We want to hear. Yeah. So you can reach us on Twitter, uh, Tumblr, or Instagram at endofthebookpod, or our email, which is endofthebookpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and, and then also just a note on the last, uh, or on the, uh, on the podcast episode for Tears of a Clown, because of the convention, we still have yet to figure out when exactly we're going to be recording it. So it'll probably be released next Tuesday to get a super hype for the finale rather than next Monday. So just so you all know now. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really do love the reviews. We got a few of them in the last few weeks and it was like really really nice yeah so we'll we'll see you next time and have fun at the con rachel and lydia yeah we'll tell you all about it we'll like keep you updated but yeah all right bye bye everyone bye